So I'm going to be reading you a story today. The Children of the King is a fully illustrated children's book written by Max Lucado and illustrated by Sergio Martinez. A story reminding children of God's deep desire to spend time with them. Now, we may be a teeny weeny bit grown up for children's stories, but this will definitely speak volumes to us, so don't be so quick to leave. Let's dive into the story. A really good one, I must say, and let's see the lessons we will glean from it. Hi guys, and welcome to Storytime. A long time ago, in a land much like your own, there was a village, and in the village lived five orphans, a lonely family of fatherless children. They had banded together against the cold. One day, the king learned of their misfortune and he decided to adopt them. When the children learned they had a new father, and their father was the king, and the king was coming to visit, oh, they went wild with excitement. When the people of the village learned that the children had a father, and the father was the king, and the king was coming to their village, they were excited as well. They went out to see the children, and they told the children what they must do. You need to impress the king, the people said. Only those with great gifts to give will be allowed to live near the king. The people didn't know the king. They just thought that all kings want to be impressed. So the children began preparing gifts to offer the king. They worked long and hard to be sure the king would approve. One of the children who knew how to carve decided to give the king a wonderful work of wooden art. He set his knife against the soft bark of the elm and whittled. The small box of wood came alive with the eyes of a sparrow and the nose of a horse. His sister decided to present the king with a painting that captured the beauty of the heavens, a painting worthy to hang in his castle. Another sister chose music as her way to impress the king. For long hours, she practiced with her voice and mandolin. The village people would stop at her window and listen as her music took wings and soared. Yet another child set out to turn the king's head with his wisdom. Late hours would find his candle lit and his books open. Geography, math, chemistry, the breadth of his study was matched only by the depth of his desire. Surely the king would appreciate all of his knowledge. But there was one sister who had nothing to offer. Her hand was clumsy with a knife and her fingers were stiff with the brush. When the little girl opened her mouth to sing, the sound was hoarse. She wasn't much of a reader. She believed she had no talent and so she believed she had no gift for the king. All she had to offer the king was her heart, for her heart was good. She spent her time at the city gates, watching the people come and go. She would earn pennies to buy food for her brothers and sisters by grooming people's horses or feeding their animals. She was a simple, stable girl, but she had a good heart. She knew the beggars by name. She took time to pet each dog. She welcomed home the travelers. She greeted the strangers. She was full of questions for people because her heart was big and she cared about people. They were all the same to her the beggars and the rich. She cared for all of them just the way they were. But since the little girl thought she had no talent and no gift, she was afraid the king would be disappointed in her. She remembered the villagers' advice and she set her mind about the task of making a gift for the king. She took a small knife and went to get her brother, the carver. Could you teach me to carve? she asked. Sorry, 
The young craftsman responded without looking up. I have much work to do. I don't have time for you. The king is coming. The girl put her knife away. So she picked up a brush. She went to her sister, the artist. She found her on a hill painting a sunset on a canvas. Oh, you paint so beautifully, she said. But a big heart she had. I know, the painter answered. Could you share your gift with me? Not now, the sister responded with her eyes on the canvas. The king is coming, you know. The girl with no gift then remembered her other sister, the one with the song. She will surely help me. When she arrived at her sister's house, she found a crowd of people waiting to listen to her sister sing. Sister, she said. Sister, I've come to listen and learn. But her sister could not hear her. The noise of the applause was too loud. (sighs) With a heavy heart, the girl turned and walked away. Then she remembered her brother. She took a book with small words and big letters and went to see him. I have nothing to offer the king, she said. Could you teach me to read so that I could show him my wisdom? The young sage didn't speak. He was lost in thought. The child with no gift spoke again. Could you please help me? I have no talent. Go away, said the scholar, scarcely moving his eyes from the text. Can't you see I'm preparing myself for the coming of the king? So the girl went away sadly. She had nothing to give. She returned to her place at the city gates and took up her task of caring for the people's animals. After some days, a man in merchant clothes came to the small town. Can you feed my donkey? He asked the girl. The orphan jumped to her feet and she looked into the brown face of the one who had traveled far. His skin was leathery from the sun and his eyes were deep. His kind smile warmed the girl's heart. That I can, she answered eagerly, leading the animal to the trough. Trust him to me. When you return, he will be groomed and fed. Tell me, she asked the donk as the donkey drank. Have you come here to stay? For only a little while, I am looking for someone, he answered. Are you weary from your journey, she asked. That I am, the man said. Would you like to sit and rest, the girl said. The tall man sat on the bench and leaned against the wall. He closed his eyes and he slept. After a few minutes, he awoke and he found the girl sitting at his feet, watching his face. She was embarrassed that he had caught her staring. Have you been sitting here long? He said. Uh, yes. What do you seek, my child? Nothing, she answered. You just seem to be a kind man with a peaceful heart. It is good to be near you. The man smiled and stroked his beard. You are a wise girl. When I return, we will visit more. The man did return quite soon. Did you find the ones you were seeking? The girl asked. I found them, but they were too busy for me. What what do you mean? The girl said. The first one I came to was a woodsmith rushing to complete a project. He told me, return tomorrow. Another was an artist. I saw her sitting on the hillside, but the people below said, ah, she does not want to be disturbed. The other was a musician. I sat with the others and listened to her music. When I asked to talk with her, she said she had no time to offer. The other I sought had left. He moved away to go to the city to go to school. The girl's eyes widened as she realized who this man was. But 
you don't look like a king she gasped i try not to he explained being a king can be lonely people act strange around me they ask for favors they try to impress me they bring me all their complaints but isn't that what a king is for the girl said certainly responded the king but there are times when i just want to be with my people there are times when i just want to talk to my people i just want to hear about their day to laugh a bit to cry with them there are times when i just want to be their father is is that why you adopted the children exactly adults think they have to impress me children don't they just want to talk to me they know that i love them just the way they are but my brothers and sisters were too busy he answered they were but i'll come back maybe they'll have time for me another day the girl hesitated sir what about me i i don't have a gift but i want to be your child the king smiled my dear you gave me the best gift of all you gave me your heart you gave me your kindness your time your love of course you'll be my child i love you just the way you are and so it happened that the children with many talents but no time missed the visit of the king while the girl whose only gift was the gift of her heart became the child of the king Guys, that was such an amazing story. I know that when I heard this story, it moved me so deeply. It spoke to me greatly, like exactly where I was at that point in time. And um let's just talk about a couple things that I think we can glean from this story. And most of all, from here I think we see clearly what it looks like to have an orphan spirit. Where a child thinks for a father to love them there must be a sense of performance to impress. It's a spirit that makes you think that oh you're not enough as you are. That's what it what that's what it's like to have that that orphan mindset that you know you have to impress the father for him to love you. It makes you think that a father will only love you when he sees what you can do. Meanwhile the spirit of a son is one that knows I am loved just the way I am. You know sometimes we try to impress God so much we forget that before he ever met us he already chose us and adopted us to be his sons and daughters. Think about it. Those five children were so excited to prepare gifts because he had already adopted them. Like he'd already he was coming for them. He had already chosen them. So why did they think, you know, I mean the village people, you know, oh god, these village people in life. <laughs> they can like to confuse you. But anyways, um what's also funny is that all five children had this, you know, they had this orphan spirit. The ones who believed they had gifts to wow the king and even the one who thought she didn't, you know, the ones who thought they had the gifts to wow the king thought they needed to impress him and the one who didn't or who thought she didn't, she thought that what she had was not enough. Um an orphan spirit is 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 something that if it, it, it makes us forget that we did nothing to make this happen this adoption it makes us forget that 
we didn't do anything to make this happen so instead of remembering that it makes us try to do things to to keep that it, it makes us try to do things to forget we are sons and try to become sons it makes us cry look at me and love me but the spirit of sonship is actually one that says you love me so you look at me okay so the bible says it this way i really love this romans 8 verse 15 in the passion translation and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough but you have received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of god and you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection beloved father that's who we are you know the adoption of god the spirit of god um, by which we've been adopted into his family is not one that drives us back to really i love that they called it religious duty where we do all these things thinking that we need to do them in order for us to be fully accepted but the bible says this is not a spirit of religious duty we received it's a spirit of full acceptance guys it's not all about what we do it's not even about what we do all the religious to-do lists that we need to take off it's not about it's not about what we're doing that you know people need to approve of and say okay maybe the king the king will love you it's about the affection of our hearts and simply calling him father that's really what he's after so there are a couple other things i think we can take from this and another thing that struck me was what the king said he wanted he said there are times when i just want to be with my people there are times when i just want to talk with my people i just want to hear about their day to laugh a bit to cry with them there are times where i just want to be their father can you imagine what it's like you thinking just think about mary and martha when jesus was coming over to visit i bet they were both so excited you could tell they were both so excited but when that excitement played out we saw what it really looked like for both of them martha was hectic and in the kitchen you know she was trying to cook up she was trying to cook up a storm while mary just sat at jesus's feet she was just looking at him like just enjoying the fact that he came to visit and you know i thought of this one day like who on earth comes to visit you only for you to be too busy in the kitchen to be with them who who what friend who who on earth like i come to visit you and two hours you leave me in the living room you're in the kitchen cooking for me my dear by the time the food is ready i don't even want to eat because i actually came here to be with you so i wonder how often we are so busy trying to impress god that we don't notice him in the room trying to be with us we're so busy trying to sing with our super soprano voice like we really we, we we just shut the holy spirit up when he's trying to tell us i actually love your voice but that's not why i'm here's like mm, i bind you devil in the name of jesus <laughs> because it's like why would you tell me not to sing to god but god is actually saying it's not about what you can do for me you know, when the things we do for God don't stem out of a place of relationship, it becomes religious duty. And guys, he wants nothing from us if it's not from love. Like, you can keep your offering, you can keep your song, you can keep your write-up, you can keep, you can keep it all. If I won't have your heart, I want nothing if I can't have your heart. That's, that's what God is saying to us. How often are we busy trying to impress him that we forget that he just wants to love us? Herein lies the problem, guys that you think you're doing is more important than your being you have got it all wrong like got it all wrong see we are the beloved of god not because we do anything we are simply the be and he is the love all we have to do is be loved that's why he calls us beloved we're just the be in the love
you know and finally i wonder if um anyone listening to this has ever thought of themselves as having nothing to offer that king you know i wish sometimes when i was that little orphan girl thinking this person is doing this and this person is doing that i wish someone had took me by the shoulders and like shook me and said you need to stop because who you are is enough for god like need i say more your heart is gift enough your love your time how you care for people how you take care of things like that in itself is a gift if you're a martha and you're so moved by hospitality you want people to feel welcome that in itself is a gift but when it becomes a thing of doing to impress is when there's a problem guys you don't have to be like anyone else you don't have to try to be good at anything else like who you are and what you have to offer him is gift enough you know that's something i realized recently while telling god that i wish i could be better at something because i really wanted i really wanted to be better and i was apologizing that i wasn't as good as so many other people and i was just wondering and saying like god this is all i have but is this enough and he turned that question to an answer in my heart and saying if this is all you have it's more than enough like all i have is all he wants from me so i hope you remember that i hope you always remember that you're a son you're not an orphan i hope you remember that your greatest gift is your heart not your talents and more than he wants subjects he's a king who wants sons and daughters so i hope you always remember that thank you guys so much for listening i really hope you enjoyed that episode i'll leave you with a verse for you to meditate on from this episode romans 8 15 just chew on it and like get it into yourself until it becomes your reality you can also listen to this song who you say i am by hillsong worship and i am no victim by christine DiMarco. thanks guys once again and i guess i will see you in the next episode bye